Lord's Health System, one of the region's leading healthcare providers, proudly presents Lord's Health Talk. Here's Melanie Cole. According to the American Cancer Society, more than 40,000 adults will be diagnosed with primary liver cancer this year. More commonly, however, cancer will spread or metastasize to the liver from another part of the body, such as the colon. A minimally invasive radiation treatment for liver tumors called Y90 radioembolization is now available at Our Lady of Lourdes Medical Center. My guest today is Dr. Joseph Browdy. He's an interventional radiologist at Lourdes Medical Center. Welcome to the show, Dr. Browdy. So tell us about primary versus metastasized liver tumors. So when it comes to the liver, what are what are you seeing more commonly? Uh, hi, good morning. Uh, yes, we're, well, I'm at a uh, liver transplant center at Our Lady of Lourdes Medical Center in Camden. So um, we see a more primary liver cancer, also known as hepatocellular carcinoma, and um, uh, that's that's a cancer that can occur in anyone, any patient who has a chronic a parenchymal liver disease, also known as a cirrhosis, um, and uh, it can develop uh, really in anyone with with cirrhosis. And so, you know, with patients who are undergoing uh, liver transplantation for their liver disease, we do see it, uh, you know, frequently in those patients. And so, that's our primary. Um, a patient population that we've been treating with the Atrium 90. Uh, we do also have some oncology presence at, uh, in our uh, at our in our health system, and we see some uh, metastatic tumors, usually from uh, uh, colorectal cancer primaries. Yeah. So, how important is early diagnosis of liver tumor, liver cancer, to being crucial to improve that outcome prediction? I mean, how would we know? Would cirrhosis have to have been discovered already, and then now they're high at risk for this. Yes, absolutely. We um, we screen patients who are known to have cirrhosis. Um, the, the cirrhosis is diagnosed either with um, lab tests or with uh, imaging uh, imaging tests that show that the liver is cirrhotic or that it's got fibrotic tissue in it from chronic disease. And at that point, we'll screen patients with imaging surveillance every six months approximately uh, with MRI. And the MRI is the most sensitive imaging technique to uh, detect uh, the uh, hepatocellular carcinoma or primary liver cancer and it's, uh, you know, as early as possible. And so it's really important that we detect it as early as possible because patients who have smaller uh, tumor burdens may be candidates for curative treatments like resection, um, you know, transplantation. We typically will um, uh, aim for transplantation in patients with with primary liver cancer because it is uh, curative and it offers the best long-term survival. Since the the cirrhotic liver will always be in a uh, you know at a high risk of a, of, an, of another tumor occurring at a later time, we we do aim to to uh, uh, you know have transplantation for these patients. Some patients have tumor burden that does not allow for transplantation Transplantation because it's too extensive. And in these patients, we can offer other treatments such as local regional therapy, one of which is yttrium-90 radioembolization. Um, patients with more advanced disease um, uh, can receive uh, a biologic agent called serafinib, which is a multi-kinase inhibitor and does offer some survival benefit as well. So tell us about yttrium-90 and what is radioembolization for the listeners? What are you doing if this is for someone for whom maybe transplant or resection is not an option? Tell us what this is. 
Right. So yttrium-90 can be used in um, patients who are who have intermediate disease, which would put them their their tumor, uh, you know, their extent of disease outside of what we call the Milan criteria. Um, the Milan criteria is, uh, you know, the the criteria that that we look at to see if the tumor burden is acceptable for transplantation. If we we know that if patients receive a transplant and they're out, they're not within that criteria, their survival is not as good. So we want to make sure that we're, um, you know, transplanting with the greatest utility that we can. So in patients who are outside of Milan criteria, we can use yttrium 90 to downstage their disease to bridge them to transplantation. And in patients who are, you know, who have multinodular disease or diffuse infiltrative disease, um, we can, you know, use the Yttrium 90 uh, for palliation to improve overall survival, but not with a curative intent or to palliate tumor-related symptoms. So explain to the listeners, because they don't necessarily understand palliate and that palliative care would kind of be a symptom management, a sign-along care. Explain what this radioembolization is for for the patient. What does it do to their liver? So the... the um, uh, the, the radioembolization can be delivered on either uh, resin or glass microspheres. Uh, we use the uh, resin microspheres known as surspheres. They're, they're uh, uh, made by a company called Surtex, which is a, an Australian company. Uh, they are microspheres of a, a size of approximately, uh, on average, 32.5 microns. So that's 32.5 uh, you know, millionths of a meter, very small uh, microspheres. And the yttrium-90 is a high-energy um, isotope that is, um, uh, in, you know, is sort of embedded on the microsphere. And when you deliver the microsphere through a small catheter into the tumor supply, the, the artery supplying the tumor, the microspheres become permanently lodged into the tumor, the tumor vascular supply, and they decay, releasing the radiation energy into the tumor. And so in this way... It causes tumor destruction, and it is, you know, can spare the normal uh, healthy liver parenchyma in the surrounding tissue uh, because the tumors do have a preferential blood supply um, that, uh, you know, is greater than the normal liver. So you end up with five to six times the density of the uh, microspheres in the tumor compared to the normal liver. You know, so we can deliver radiation doses 40 times greater than uh, external beam radiation and with uh, lower side effects, uh, minimal toxicity. That is yeah. absolutely fascinating. Dr. Browdy, so basically you are, it's more minimal exposure to the surrounding healthy liver tissue. And how long does someone have to go through these treatments before they will start to notice a difference or before it can then be the bridge to another treatment? Well, radiation takes some time to work. Um, you know, we, we do follow-up imaging. We usually wait uh, at least, uh, you know, eight weeks um, to see a response on imaging, which would be usually an MRI. Uh, the peak response is typically about 12 weeks, but, um, you know, I'll usually wait eight weeks to see if there's a response so that we can decide our next uh, our next step in treatment, uh, you know, sooner than we would if we were to wait a full 12 weeks because, you know, typically we want to get patients treated um, as, you know, sooner rather than later and not let the disease progress any further. So so do you see that this might be a first-line treatment compared to its current status, which, you know, it's no longer responding to chemotherapy, so we're looking to adjuvant therapies. Do you see this exciting, innovative procedure as something that might be first-line coming up? 
Yeah, well, you know, the the um uh the use of yttrium 90 for uh colorectal uh, uh liver metastases secondary to colorectal uh cancers, uh that was the, you know, original indication from 2002 that the FDA when the FDA approved um uh for use and you know they've been used since then as as typically um a, a salvage therapy by the oncology community for metastatic colorectal metastases so patients who fail second or third line chemotherapies they have chemo refractory tumors in the liver uh you know that's been the primary way that the yttrium 90 has been used as a what we call salvage therapy and it does improve survival compared to um, you know, uh, in the in the in that setting, it does improve survival compared to chemotherapy alone or uh, best supportive care. But there's recently been it can also be used in patients who are intolerant to chemotherapy, which either could be first line, second line, or third line. It can be used as a, a chemo vacation just to you know uh, um, maintain uh, as a maintenance therapy between chemotherapy doses. It can be used for consolidation therapy. Can uh, uh, but recently there's been a study uh, that came out that was a, an international uh, trial called Surflox and, and Foxfire Global, which were three different studies looking at uh, overall survival and when yttrium-90 is used as a first-line agent with or without uh, chemotherapy and plus or minus biologic agents. And it did show with patients who have a right-sided colon cancer that it improved overall survival approximately five months. Uh, and, and, you know, compared to patients who received only chemotherapy without yttrium 90. So that is, that is encouraging. We know that the, um, uh, that the biology of, of, of colon cancer is different between the right and left-sided tumors, and, but we have, we have seen that, that, you know, this is encouraging a five-month improved overall survival benefit with the use of yttrium 90 as a first-line agent. So, you know, we're trying to um, uh, bring that to the oncology community, and we'll see how they, they implement that into their clinical practice guidelines, but it's very encouraging. It sounds that way. And Dr. Browdy, because these are beads, is there any sort of things you want to let listeners know? I mean, do they have to stay away from pregnant women or the elderly or immunodeficient people? I mean, because people have heard that in the media before. Do Is there any of those kinds of rules that apply? Well, you know, the answer... The, the the simple answer is, is no because the beta energy the beta emitting isotope um which is yttrium 90 it 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 only um has a maximum range of emission of approximately two and a half millimeter on average and an 11 millimeter uh, maximum in tissue so you know we're talking a couple of millimeters on average um very small range very short range uh, energy so someone standing around the patient would have very, very, you know, negligible amount of exposure, um, and it does not get transmitted in any body fluids. It is a permanent, uh, you know, uh, it becomes permanently lodged into the small vessels in the in the liver. Um, so there really is no uh, appreciable, you know, radiation exposure to to anyone, you know, in the patient's environment. That is very cool, and it's such fascinating information. Dr. Browdy, wrap it up for us with your best advice about liver cancer, liver tumors, and and cancers from other areas spreading to the liver, and this exciting yttrium-90 radioembolization procedure now available at Our Lady of Lourdes Medical Center. Yeah, uh, yes, uh, the, the uh, yttrium-90, we've, you know, now started our program uh, a few months ago, and we've been, you know, 
doing quite a few cases. We actually have one today. Um, we've treated patients with uh, primary liver cancer, with um, you know uh, colorectal metastases to the liver. Um, we're treating patients with uh, you know head and neck squamous cell metastases. Really, any metastatic disease to the liver that's pre- that's liver predominant is is a patient who can be treated. Um, and we have survival data that shows that yttrium 90 does improve survival with primary liver cancer and and uh, metastatic colorectal cancer. And we're um, you know, excited to bring this uh, this treatment to our uh, to our health system and to our community here. Thank you so much, Dr. Browdy, for being with us today. You're listening to Lord's Health Talk, and for more information, you can go to lordsnet.org. That's lordsnet.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.